Welcome into the Sports Insanity Podcast. Batter up! Katie, Katie was baseball mad, had the fever and had it bad. Just to root for the hometown through every zoo, Katie Blue. On a Saturday, her young beau called to see if she'd like to go to see. But Miss Kate said no, I'll tell you what you can do. Take me out to the ball game, take me out with the crowd. Buy me some peanuts and cracker jack. I don't care if I never get back, let me root, root, root for the home team. If they don't win, it's a shame. For it's one, two, three strikes, you're out at the old ball game. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome into a new edition of Batter Up, part of the Sports Insanity Podcast on the Sports Insanity Network. I'm Mike Rifkin. With me, as always, Danny Boy Reginald, Dan Rines. Dan, what's going on, brother? Oh, not much. How about you, man? I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. The Mets are playing good baseball. I'm excited. Yeah, sorry about that loss on uh, Wednesday, on Tuesday. Oh, that was a great game, though. We, we, we can get to that in a little bit. Um, we want to – yes, this is a baseball podcast. Yes, we talk sports. Um, there are more things to life than sports. In Uvalde, Texas, there was a school shooting. An 18-year-old killed 19 students, I believe it was, and two, two teachers are, are – also are all have all passed away so i I just want to take a moment to talk about that because that is a bigger problem here we will get to baseball but this is bigger subject because last week in buffalo there was a shoot and i feel like every week or maybe not every once a month we hear about a, a mass shooting And it is time for everyone. We don't care how you vote, Republican, Democrat, Independent. I don't care if you want to vote for Marvin the Martian to be president. Something has to change because there's no reason there should be 19, 10-year-olds who are now dead because of this. This is human life understand that yeah it's not about politics it's about humanity we have to take the politics take it put it aside Mm -hmm. and talk about the fact that people's lives are in danger on a daily basis like imagine going to school as a kid thinking i'm just gonna go there and i'm gonna learn my abcs or the one two threes or i'm gonna read a nice book today or I'm going to go to an auditorium and watch an assembly. Yeah. And then but, some but, psychopath comes in, shoots up the school, and 20 kids are dead. Like, imagine that. And this is school. This is supposed to be a safe environment. This yeah. is supposed to be where we learn, where, right. where we, yes, you could have, 
fun at school too. You get to be with your friends and you can do stuff at recess. But the two places a kid probably feels most safe at their own house and at school. And now, once again, we're talking about something that we sh- we shouldn't be. We shouldn't have to talk about a school shooting. Yeah, we, we just shouldn't, shouldn't have to do it. We, but... we shouldn't have to talk about shootings. We shouldn't have to talk. We shouldn't have to train kids how to be in shelter yeah. if there's ever an active shooter um, situation. I, I don't have... know about you. Sorry to cut you off. I don't know about you guys in the city because you you are uh, in the city, but yeah. I know on Long Island at my school we had one real drill about it. And that was it. Uh, we we had that. shelter drills so that we would okay. hide under a desk or we would go to the side, yeah. put stuff on the doors, whatever it is. That stuff gets old after a while. Why should we have to do that? That yeah. I noticed that started happening after Columbine. And I rarely remember Columbine. A little kid. Yeah. Me, for, for me, yeah, it happened probably around high school for me when we started it but you know it just at at some point and this is strictly to our elected leaders if you're listening and i know you are do something about this we have 100 senators 435 i guess congress people yeah like get something done let's roll Take Let's away your roll. campaign stuff. Take away your donations, all that stuff, and think about human beings that vote for you. That you think about your constituents for a little bit. Yeah, Just a it, teeny tiny. Instead it, of the the money that goes into your pocket, think right. about the people. And 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 stop saying deepest sympathies. Yeah, thoughts, thoughts and, and prayers. prayers can only go so far. The NRA came out with a statement again. Oh. Uh, I have such sympathy for the people in Texas. No, you don't. No, you don't. No, you don't. Because if you're the NRA, you're holding an event on Friday with the governor of Texas and Senator Ted Cruz are supposed to speak. So I'm going to call them out on this too. So forgive me if I don't take your thoughts and prayers and take them legitimately. And it, 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 you know, it's like a bunch of these Christian leaders before we get to baseball. Yeah. A lot of these Christian leaders or whether it's your local pastor local nun whatever have come out and said yes i give my thoughts and prayer because that's part of my mission yeah but there has to be action too or else your prayers mean nothing there has to be an action and a reaction wasn't that one of newton's three laws of physics yeah i'm uh, not i wasn't really a science guy but sure. yeah ne- ne- neither was i neither was i <laughs> you know i tr- i tried to work that in and but anyway our thoughts and prayers could go somewhere so yeah. our condolences to the families in uvalde texas yeah and you know it makes me think about my nephew who's still in yeah. school he's going to middle I, school this year I, i've got i've got two one's gonna be in first grade next year yeah and, and every single day like you know i think like is this gonna happen to him yeah. or anybody like yeah. it sucks so please harass your senators if you have to Seriously. do something please right. and make change for the world 
We the people. Amen. All right. On to baseball. That's what we're here to talk about. Um, we're going to cover some series for the weekend. We, we got another Mount Rush, another couple of Mount Rushworths planned. Um, I wanted to start with what happened. I think this was Saturday afternoon during the Yankees White Sox game. There was an incident between the Yankees third baseman Josh Donaldson, White Sox shortstop uh, Tim Anderson, where Donaldson had called. Anderson, Jackie Robinson, um, apparently in a Sports Illustrated, Anderson said he felt like the new Jackie Robinson, you know, Donaldson had referred to him as that. And then this came out yesterday. This is from James Fagan. He is the White Sox reporter for The Athletic. He said, Tim Anderson acknowledged that Josh Donaldson called him, quote, Jackie in 2019 and that in response, Anderson said he told Donaldson that they don't, they didn't need to speak ever again. This happened again Saturday. Josh Donaldson has been suspended one game by Major League Baseball, and I believe is currently on the COVID list. Um, so, Dan, I, what is your reaction to this? I mean, I will say, for first of all. Um, I'm not going to go out and say that Tim Anderson brought it on himself because no, no, no one expected this to happen. I'm not expecting someone like Josh Donaldson to call Tim Anderson, Jackie and all that stuff like that. I, I think it's a little, little ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, this is obviously he was referring to Rifkin's referring to the sports history article where he's talking about how he's changing the game. Just Modern like Jackie, day, yeah. just like Jackie Robinson did. Mm-hmm. So that's why the phrase Jackie is sort of going around. And obviously Josh Donaldson just sparked it. And of course that incident came from about two weekends ago when they were in Chicago and with the knee and all that stuff from yeah. Donaldson. And it has been a rocky thing since, and it's spilled over to last weekend. Uh, my initial thoughts on it, um, even though I don't think Donaldson, I don't think he was, intending to be racist i don't believe that in my heart mm-hmm. it wasn't the right thing to say in that situation and especially to a one to a guy who you've never yeah really been chummy chummy with now now i'll say this if donaldson and anderson are teammates or donaldson's a former white sock okay they're they're playing around they're joking it's right. that kind of matter but in this situation where you've had a beef with this team before, he had that beef with Giolito last year. Right. It's, un, it, it's just not acceptable. Um, now, do I, I, I'm with you. I don't think he intended to be racist. But again, I'm not in Josh Donaldson's shoes. Right. And I don't know what his intent was. The other part I'll say is this. Tim Anderson had the greatest response game ever in game two of the doubleheader Sunday night with a three-run yeah. home. And he's allowed to talk and walk it. Like, yeah, he can walk it and talk it. Sorry. So, so as, as much as Yankee fans hated it, who cares? He did his job. So, he did what he had to do. I think my biggest problem with it, Dan, and then I want you to, to comment on this, is I, I do think Tony LaRusso kind of sparked it when he said post-game, he said something racist because that makes you think, oh, okay, something bigger happened. 
you know, what what did he you know, what did he say? And then he goes, Oh, he referred to him as Jackie, and, and, and you kind of think, Well, it, but if Tim Anderson's gonna feel offended by that, no one else is walking a mile in Tim Anderson's shoes, and no one can feel what Tim Anderson's feeling. And again, it's not like Josh Johnson hasn't called him Jackie at all before yeah. Saturday. This happened before they actually joke laughed it off, whatever. So there's some history to it. Mm-hmm. But the, to me, the history is not enough to be doing it on a regular basis. Yeah, that's like yeah. a thing you're trying to just get under the guys. Yeah, and, and it was the wrong thing to say for Josh Johnson. Yeah. It was ultimately the wrong thing to say. I don't think Tony Russo's comment was necessary. Right. I get that- he's trying to defend his player. And look, that's what good managers do. Tony LaRusso is a Hall of Famer, so that's what he does. But I just didn't think it was necessary. Yeah, it, to it, just go out and say that because now you're just sparking up something else that it, in really today's climate, it's yeah. it's hard. It's hard to say. I don't want to say as we go through, but what we go through is people and what we see on the news, especially with today. What today is today's the one year anniversary of George Floyd. It's hard to drop the R word, right? It, it, you know, it, it's become that so. Um, Donaldson suspended one game. I yeah. believe he hit co- the COVID list. So yeah, I don't he, know he hit it. I think he was a close contact or whatever. Okay. Or maybe he tested positive. And they're not saying anything. They haven't said um, anything. So, but I uh, yeah, I don't know if the suspension counts while he's on the it list. Does not. Or... So okay. no, it he's on the COVID list. He was put on the list before he was actually suspended. Okay. So, so when he gets once off he's the activated, list, he'll be yeah. suspended. And I think he may have appealed it too. So okay. So if he appealed it, we'll wait and see on so that. He he he. But I mean, to he make make an answer or not before he's off. Yeah. I don't know. All right. Well, appealing one game. I mean, okay. Yeah. And, but, and and of course, you know, I feel horrible. I don't want Tim Anderson to ever feel like yeah. baseball is treating him poorly. No, you know? no, no person should feel that way. Yeah, so I do. Tim Anderson's a good baseball player. Yeah, on on a on a shitty team, but yeah, a a team that has not lived up to expectations this year, hundred percent. Yeah. All right. Uh, Speaking of the Yankees, they have a big series this weekend. Yep. For the first time, they're going down to the Trop to play the Rays, and your pitching matchups are. Thursday night will be the ace, Nestor Cortez, against to be decided for the Rays. Friday will be Luis Severino versus uh, Jeffrey Springs. Saturday Saturday will be Jamison Tyon against Yankee legend Corey Kluber. And then Sunday will be Garrett Cole versus Shane McClanahan. Now, Dan, the Yankees have kind of hit a little bit of a rough patch. They did win last night uh, in extras against the O's. But they've also been hit with the injury bug. Chad yep. Green is now out for the year with Tommy John. Giancarlo Stanton just went on the IL with a right calf strain. Right which, on. Which right. was bound to happen because Stanton gets hurt every year. Yeah, it, it, it's it's a part of the Yankee script. Yeah. Giancarlo Stanton cannot stay healthy throughout the season, and it is what it is. He'll play his 123 games or whatever it is, and he'll hit like 260 with a billion home runs. It's fine. So, so I want to ask you this on this series because I, I'm going to say this. I'm a little disappointed in how the Blue Jays are playing right now. Right. They have not played good ball. 
Now, I don't think they've played themselves out of the, out of the division as a whole because I, I still believe in the Jays. How worried are you about the race? Because it seems like every year, no matter who's playing for the Tampa Bay Rays, they put out a good enough team. Obviously, I, I fear the Rays all the time just because they always try to one-up the Yankees. Because, you know, they, they, they get under the Yankees' skin a lot, especially in these last few years mm-hmm. where the, the division race would be so close. So, yeah, of course. Yeah, and, of course, the Rays beat the Yankees in the playoffs a couple years ago. And, uh, you know, it, it's, a, it's a whole thing. So, you know, obviously I'm never – it's never an easy feeling to play the Rays. Um, and now that the Yankees have hit a bit of a snag, in, you know, they've only won you know, once in their last, what, like six games? So twice into like six games, something like that. Oh yeah, yeah. They won they won Friday, Saturday. Or no, they didn't play Friday. They won Saturday. Okay, and then they lost two. So yeah. Lost it, two. It, yeah, they're I don't know how they're doing tonight, but yeah, they're they're scuffing a little bit. Yeah, so like it, it's it's again, it's one of those things where you know these are the sort of things you worry about with the Yankees in a long season. Mm-hmm. Injuries and then the losing streak. Now we're going back to the up and down Yankees where it's like, you're going to go on a losing streak, then you're going on a winning streak. And then it's like, win, loss, win, loss, win, loss, win, loss. And, you know, that's something that the race got to take advantage of this weekend. And, and I'll say this, you, you should know what you're going to get out of Cortez. Cause he's been amazing. Yes. He's been uh, terrific. Tyone's been good. Too. Tyone's been good. Severino's been good. Mm-hmm. Um, Garrett Cole can't allow five runs to the Orioles. Yeah, no. That that I, I don't care if it's an off night or not. That just can't happen in this world. Yeah. Um, so so he has to bounce back. But you know, I, if that's your main problem, but the Yankees have bullpen issues too. Chapman's now out also. Yeah, the, yeah, before I think at some point during the Orioles series, there was a stat that came up and said that the Yankees gave up like 14 runs and they're in a bullpen in the last like five games, which is like ridiculous. Like you can't, your bullpen cannot be that bad. Especially the way Boone uses it. Yeah. So then, so now you're putting a lot of pressure on your starters and your starters have been terrific. I think one through five, the starters have actually been very good. Yeah. But now you're asking your starters to do more, and then you're going to rely on players like Judge and Rizzo and Torres, you know, to bring in runs. And hopefully, you guys have a big lead, so uh, so that the bullpen doesn't have to blow it too much. It's a lot, yeah, so the bullpen man. has to come through. It's a lot of pressure. So that's the Yankee series this weekend. Uh, that's a big series in the AL East. We have a big one also in the NL Central where the Brewers and Cardinals will play. Uh, Friday night will be Brandon Woodruff versus Dakota Hudson. Saturday will be Adrian Hauser versus Matthew Libator. And Sunday will be TBD for the Brewers versus Miles Michaelis for the Cardinals. Um, I just got done watching enough of the Cardinals because they played the Mets for four. Um all I want for the Cardinals to do the rest of the year, honestly, is blow people out so I can watch either Yadier Molina or Albert Pools pitch because that's been phenomenal stuff. 
But, you know, these are the top two teams of the Central, and they're playing like that now. The Brewers hold the lead currently. But uh, that's going to be a fight down to the wire in the National League Central. I will say we talked about the uh, the Jays are struggling. They actually played the Cardinals very well this week. Yeah, and they so, play, they play the Angels this weekend, which was the next thing I was going to get yeah. to. So, um, uh, the Cardinals again, you know, they're. I think this is going to be a challenge in the division. They're division rivals, yeah. so I expect to be a good series. These are two 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 good teams. Um, and for the Brewers, they can't just get complacent because I know they face the Nationals over the. So, and they played the Padres this week, so yeah. so so hopefully you know the series against the Padres, Padres who have also been very good. Oh, the Padres been great. Yeah. Um. So hopefully you know these next two series for the Brewers, you know now that they're facing the Cardinals, should give them a bit of a challenge because I know that was a cakewalk against Washington over the weekend. So, uh, the hope is that they don't, you know, tone it down a bit because they think it's easy, but it's not. Yeah. I- I like both these teams. I think the Brewers and the Cardinals both will be in the playoffs. Foresee one of them being a wild card. The other will win the division. But if you're the Cardinals, you get to send a message like, hey, we're coming for you. We know you're the division champs. And this is our house. We'll get you at home. So we'll we'll wait and see. But I just really want the Cardinals to have Yachty and Albert pitch. That's all I really want in this world. Exactly. And they they have to put up more runs. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, they had that game Sunday morning against the Pirates. Yeah, I said morning because it was a streaming service game. <laughs> they put up 18. And they would have won 18 to nothing had Yachty not come in to pitch the ninth inning. <laughs> but, you know, I can't, I'm not going to complain about that because it's awesome. All right. right. Um, we have the Blue Jays staying on the Angels. Dan mentioned it. Friday, Alec Manoa, who's been phenomenal for the Jays against that to be determined for the Angels. Saturday will be UC Kikuchi versus Michael Lorenzen. And Sunday will be Jose Barrios versus uh, Patrick Sandoval for the Angels. Um, The Blue Jays need more from Barrios. He has to be better. They need more out of Ladd. And I don't know why the Blue Jays offense up until this week had been scuffling. Well, I mean, what should ignite is this whole because everyone's going to be watching Otani, Vlad yeah. Guerrero. Like, that should be some powerful hitting matchup there. Yeah, and Bo Bichette, who's starting to get going because of the flow. Yep. But uh, he, he he's going right now. That should elevate them. Springer, if he's healthy, that's elevation. Uh, Vlad, you mentioned they need a little bit more out of Vlad. This line's just too good to, to struggle. So I expect them to, to have to bounce back at some point. The Angels have just been unreal. Mike Trout is back, back, people. Otani's back, back. And uh, thank Otani's goodness for the that. MVP. I can't say he's back. Thank goodness for that because, you know, Trout. You know, we're, we're always worried about him with the injuries and all that stuff. Will he ever get back to 100%? You knew you would be sort of close to it. But would he ever, would his production be the same and has been? So I'm glad for that. I don't know. Oh, yeah, go ahead. Sir. Sorry. No, you could go ahead. I was just going to say, and they're, they're, they're the main competitor for the Astros in the West. I agree. And, you know, 
I, I just I, I'm loving the way that they're playing right now and really giving the Astros run for the money. And it's good for Anaheim. It's good for baseball. It's especially good for Joseph Gordon-Levitt because he can recreate angels in the outfield. <laughs> so, I, I and Joe Madden, I, I, I love Joe Madden. I can't yeah. sit here and berate Joe Madden when I think he's one of the best managers of baseball. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Angels, Blue Jays, and Anaheim this weekend. Yeah. Uh, um, the last year. What did you, what did you before? What did you um, think of Syndergaard's start? I think he's been great. Yeah. And look, I can't listen. I don't have to like the comments he made about the no hitter the Mets throw, and that's fine. We can have that conversation if it's a real no hitter or not. But he listen. He's pitched. He pitched two innings the last two years, and he's been really good for that team. All the power to him. Make that money. I'm never going to begrudge a player for making money. Yeah. You know. So do what you've got to do. I support Noah Syndergaard and his beautiful hair. And and the fact that Madden trusts him to yeah, go out there. That, that's the big thing. It, it, there has to be trust between manager, pitcher, and, pit, and even the pitching coach. Because, yeah, you There's know, trust. I know Callaway, even though Syndergaard was actually good that season. You know, I know Callaway in like 19 before 18. You know, you, you can tell there was a little bit of trust issues other than pitchers like Jacob DeGrom. Who well, I, I mean, no one should ever trust Mickey Calloway again. This guy's the <laughs> freaking clown. Hope he never coaches in baseball again. Well, I mean, probably not because of all the yeah nonsense going on off the field. Yeah, scummy. All right. Um, the last series we'll talk about for the weekend, the Phillies and the Mets, which I feel like has been played over and over again. But – where the Met, they're doing it again. Friday will be Zach Eflin, Carlos Carrasco. Saturday will be Met legend Zach Wheeler against Taiwan Walker. And Sunday will be Kyle Gibson versus To Be Determined. That start will either be Chris Bassett or David Peterson, according to Buck Showalter today. So um, why not Bassett? It, yeah, Bassett got roughed up last night. He got roughed up, but. I mean, I would wa- rather him bounce back unless you want to give him the extra day. So, so according to Buck, he's been battling kind of a sinus infection. Okay, I, I, so, okay. So, so that that's been something. So if he's sick, uh yeah, it could be Peterson. Listen, whoever doesn't pitch faces the Nationals the next day. All you got to do is walk Juan Soto four times, and mm-hmm. if the Mets score some runs, you should be good. But Another big series, because if you're the Mets and you can take two of three here, you can – I want to say you're going to bury the Phillies because we're not even in June yet. But you could put a big damper on the Philly season if you put them – if you could take two of three here. So that's massive, especially with the Phillies playing the Braves right now. They split the first two games, and you wait and see how the last two go. but. You can really put some distance between yourself and either Philly or Atlanta, and then you're going to get the reinforcements back because Scherzer is not close, but he'll be back at some point. And Jacob DeGrom just started throwing from 100 feet at City Field, and I'm getting really excited for a guy who's probably not coming back till the All-Star break. Uh, But color me excited. Yeah, I've been saying to Olaf's guy, three weeks is all you need. 
You just need to give yourself a cushion for three weeks so that when people start to trickle back in, Mm. you'll be fine. By the way, shout out to the old ops guy. Uh, Mm. It is his birthday. Yes. So happy birthday, old ops guy. Um, The cane we got you to walk with (laughs) is coming in the mail. (laughs) We love Uh, you, old ops guy. Um, Yeah, no, I, I would say this is a great opportunity for the Mets, but if I'm the Phillies and surprisingly, I don't know how he's doing it with his elbow, but um, Bryce Harper continues. He, to rain. He's crushing it. Uh, I, I don't know how he does it. Man, look, I know hitting is different than pitching, but like, cause you know, you're throwing it unnaturally hitting is more mm-hmm. of a natural movement than pitching. Um, but yeah, the fact that he continues to just hit, it's, it's unbelievable. It affects them defensively because I, I, if you didn't watch their ninth inning last night against the Braves, there's a ball hit to right center where the center fielder, I think it was Roman Quinn and Castellanos kind of let the ball go between them. Acuna winds up at second base with a game time double and he winds up scoring the winning run on a base hit by Wilson Contreras. But if Harper's in that game, that ball doesn't drop. The Phillies defense has suffered without him. But offensively, he's crushing it. But the Phillies also need to – and this has been an issue with for the Phillies for years. Their bullpen stinks. Yeah. And every year it's, okay, well, the bullpen changed. Although, and it hasn't. And at some point, that's going to be the, the nail in the coffin for Joe Girardi. But the, that's the thing I feel bad for about for Girardi is the fact that he has to manage this mediocre bullpen. Yeah. And then they're not going to give him the results. These are professional ball players. Like, especially when they have big leads, you're never safe from the lead. Speaking of big leads, I, I mean, they blew the, the 7-1 lead to the Mets. Right. In, in Philly. And then the Mets last night in San Francisco. I mean, we, we kind of, you kind of brought it up earlier. The Mets were down 8-2. to two. They come back to take the lead. <laughs> that back and forth game with the Giants, the Giants eventually walked it off in the ninth yeah. uh, on a Brandon Crawford base. Yeah, Crawford, uh, Jock Peterson, Jock Peterson had two big Jock, hits too. Jock Peterson had three home runs. Um, Lindor, a couple of big knocks. He had another home run today. Listen, I like what I'm seeing from the Mets. I like this resiliency they have. Um, the the mantra of the, the Ranger mantra on Twitter, no quit in New York. Same thing as in Queens. They don't quit. So, you know, that's a big series. Yeah, they're, they're truly fighters. And, I you know, that's what I like about the Mets. You know, I feel like you have a different vibe. I know I keep saying it, but it, has, yeah, it, it just feels a different... good. It feels yeah. good to be positive about the Mets. Yeah, and then, you know, knowing that you still have a chance, despite being down so many runs, just because of the team that's assembled and the manager that doesn't punt on games like Aaron Boone does. Yeah. yeah I yeah, would. The, the, the buck starts with buck. Truly. Okay. Um, so we'll do the Mount Rush ones and then, then we'll wrap it up. Cause I know you're, you're a little bit on a time crunch. Yeah. So <laughs> um, I've got the Marlins and the Astros for us this week to do the Mount Rushmore's of. So I will let you start with the Marlins. So the Florida slash Miami Marlins. Yeah, this was this was very 
hard slash not hard because of the history. I disagree. I think this is easy. The thing is, is that the Marlins, you know, throughout its franchise history, a lot of people, a lot of these players don't stay. So it's hard to really pick and choose who can be on this Mount Rushmore. Um, so, but all, by the way, all these players are no longer with the Marlins. But um, I will do the best I can. Number one is Giancarlo Stan. Okay, we're, we're in agreement on that one. <laughs> Just because of how outstanding of a player he was. Dude, um, he's, he leads the, he's the all-time leader in home runs. <laughs> like, in his, when I first saw him in, like, 2010 or whatever it was. Oh, my God. Oh, like he was hitting home runs like nothing. It was crazy. So, Stan has been, you know, yeah. there since the beginning. Great, great uh, player for them. Number two. I want to say he's he was in the Marlins about seven seasons. I want to say Hanley Ramirez. Oh, okay, that's a good one. I I did not put the hand hand. Yeah, the I, Hanley I, man. <laughs> Only because uh, you know he he gave uh, he was always playing. He gave everything and got to that ball club. And the Marlins, you know those the the two thousands, you know they were those, the mid two thousands and going into early twenty tens, like the. Marlins were a forgettable franchise. No one really cared about them. Mm-hmm. But Hanley Ramirez was always playing some good baseball. So I get that's him. Number three, rest in peace, Jose Fernandez. And I still think his tragedy set the Marlins back so many years. Yeah. Because he was an outstanding pitcher. I just want to go through for a year where he was seventh place in Cy Young. This is the year that he was killed. I want to give this number. He was 16 and eight. His ERA was 286. He started in 29 games. He had 253 strikeouts. Yeah. That season. He was so good. He was unbelievable. Had a career ERA to 58. He would have been a Sherwood Hall of Famer. I, he, his stuff was so good. It's a and, crime and, that we can't see him anymore. And if he he had, if he had not passed away, what would the future of that team been? Because I would guess they're not trading Stanton or Yelts. Hell no. Not, not with that guy. Hell no. So uh, it, it stinks. And then finally, the the newest member, the 3,000. Oh, you went Mickey. Okay. Miguel Cabrera. People forget that he was a Marlin before he was the Tiger. Member of an o, the 03 team. Yeah. And look, one of the early Marlins teams, you know, they, they, they won the World Series. You know, those were, those were really good Marlins teams. You know, you, you know. Mm, yeah. And like he was like right at the center of it. And again, the, the Marlins are a terrible franchise, so they trade him away. And a, a terrible deal. Great deal for the Tigers. Terrible for the Marlins. Um, but the fact that he really put helped put the franchise on the map for as long as he did, got to give respect to Miguel Cabrera. I, I do. That's a good one. So I, I'm with you on Stanton. 
I had the D train, Dontrell Willis. Okay. A big D train guy. Uh, he's second all time in wins for the Marlins. He's first in complete game and shutouts. He had the cap. He had the great motion where he lifts the leg up so high. I'm a D train guy. Uh, Josh Beckett. And I say this because of the 03 World Series, because I can't get that performance. I, and I think it was game six out of my head. And he won the World Series. And he was such a good pitcher. In his heyday, he was a great pitcher. I think, uh, you know, someone that was as dominant in the National League as Josh Beckett was. Like, he was incredible, man. He, he was. And I think he got lost in the shuffle when he was in Florida, like a lot of people do. Um, and, and last is Luis Castillo. As much as I am not a fan because of a dropped pop-up, and I'm not dropping the ball, <laughs> Luis. You're first in games played, first in hits, first in triples and stolen bases. Him and Juan Pierre at the top of that lineup, sensational speed, both of them. So I, I've got uh, Luis Castillo's. And, and you know, you could forgive him for that error against the Yankees. Luis Castillo was a damn good fielder. He was a great player. He was a very good, he was a good player. He was a very good player. All right. On to the Ashers. I, I'll start for this one. I got Billy Wagner on here. That's Billy Wagner, one. who should be in the Hall of Fame, 225 saves which is first in Astros history. He's fourth in ERA. Uh, a name you said last week for the Angels, I believe, was Nolan Ryan. I've got Nolan Ryan here for Houston. 106 wins, 3.13 ERA, 1,866 strikeouts, which is first in Astros history. And then you got to go with the two, two Hall of Famers. Biggio Bagwell. For, if there's an offensive... Play, they are both ranked first offensively in every category. One of them is. So that's my list. Wagner, Ryan, Biggio, Bagwell. Bagwell and Biggio are at the top for me, actually. Okay. And the only reason why is because I can't think of an Astros lineup within the that 15-year span from like the early 90s to the mid 2000s without Biggio and Bagwell. Mm. Both are in Cooperstown. Yeah. Both brought many great moments for the Astros. They should have won the World Series, though, uh, honestly, credit to Chicago. No, Chicago. Chicago. And I really think that in Astros history, you have to tip the cap to probably the two greatest in history, in their history. Mm. So they're one and two. Three is a tough one. I'm still debating over it, honestly. <laughs> I'm going to go Lance Berkman. Okay, that's a good one. Big wild card there. You know, he, he's a power hitter, you know, and great run producer. Always, always drove in runs for the Astros. And lastly, for me, going to go a little. Modern, you go Jose Altuve. I like the Altuve call because I, I was very in consideration of putting Springer or Altuve on, mm. and, and mainly for their postseason credentials. 
Right. But it, I, 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 I had to give Billy Wagner, Met Legend Billy Wagner, his just due because he should be in the That's Hall a- of Fame. Well, it's a shame that he's not. Yeah, so so uh, those are our lists for the Astros and the Marlins. That'll do it for this edition of Batter Up, part of the Sports Insanity podcast on the Sports Insanity Network. You check out the podcast at anchor.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Check out the website, www.thesportsinsanitynetwork.com, for blogs, vlogs, planes, trains, and automobiles. Check out the Twitters, at SIN Reality is the network Twitter. Check out the show pages, uh, at SIN, followed with the show name. So SIN Wishbone. is this one. Or this just one. this one, it's SIN and Insane. Sports Insane. Sports Insane. Sports Insane. And then uh, your the Breakaway Bandits at SIN Breakaway. Yeah. At SIN Shotgun for Wishbone At SIN Shotgun. Is it SIN Throwdown for the Throwdown? SIN underscore Throwdown. SIN underscore Throwdown for the Throwdown. We got it all, folks. Listen, subscribe, comment, do what you got to do. Give us viewership and likes. But until next time, for Danny Boy Reginald, Dan Ryan, I'm Mike Rifkin. You've been listening to Batter Up, part of the Sports Insanity Podcast on the Sports Insanity Network. Namaste. Say goodnight to your mama because your mama loves you.